0: Welcome to episode five of the Cypher and Software Modernization.
1: I'm Sam, software craft person. Um, I'm Abdul, um, a delivery manager at Cajurans.
2: Mark, uh, software craftsperson Person, Codurance.
0: Excellent. Intro is out the way. Uh, and onwards we go. So today, um, we wanted to talk about managing fear within a software modernization project, um, and in particular, how you can justify uh our work software modernization to stakeholders and the importance of that so to start us off i wanted to put a question to you both which is well why why is it important to uh justify a software modernization a project and and the work to to the stakeholders
2: i think from my side i will go back to like comparison maybe to other two types of project, which is like a green fields or a brown field let's say or a maintenance project right so for a green field again it's very clear, right, what the business um, uh, requests from you, basically. Maybe you don't know how you're going to do it, how you're going to implement it, but from the business, from the stakeholder, it's usually quite clear, at least the initial foundations for the work are quite clear. Um, for like a brownfield project, again, it's pretty well established, usually, right? And there is sometimes even just some SLAs that need to be met, so it's again, it's quite clear like what needs to be done, just make sure everything is still going fine or whatever feature needs to be added. It's still added on top of existing systems and of the well-established ways and strategies of, of working with that system, I guess. And in terms of modernization, I guess it's, uh, it's always a lot of those question marks in the heads of stakeholders. What actually would that mean? Like how much would it cost? Like what I would get from that, I guess. So um, it's important to have, um, you know, prepare for that, let's say, which I guess we'll be discussing today, and continue reaffirming the stakeholders that what you're doing is, um, um has a very certain ROI for them uh, in certain points, basically. So, um, yeah, I guess we'll uncover that today. So, but it's, it's very important compared to those other projects.
1: I think it's very hard to commercially justify. Um, modernization projects simply because they don't have a commercial bent they're mostly around improving things like delivery velocity the um, maybe your uptime your quality of your software um, so I think that that's very it's very difficult to put that ROI on it and see you know what's the, what's the long term return for this um, and that's obviously something you have to work on I think the other f- factor uh, I guess moving maybe, maybe more towards the, the fear portion is also that You know, when we talk about modernization, we are often talking about touching existing functionality that works for the business, right? So there's a a very justifiable reason why uh, a business may be hesitant to change what already works, may have had to go through a process of a quite painful process potentially to get it working. Um, So not only do you have the fact that it can be a bit difficult to justify financially, you know, and you have to kind of look at it more abstractly around the, you know, you know the cost of delay and things like that but you also have then the, the aspect of you know are you going to change the software and potentially make it worse uh, which is a you know a fear from the from the business side which realistically has to be addressed in order to to get the confidence to 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 move forward initially and to continue moving forward
2: so there is the fear on the business side of things on stakeholder side of things but it is also fear on the product development side of things so existing engineers existing teams and Um, again, if there's a Greenfield project, okay, we know it's acknowledged that we're working on something completely new and okay, that's fine. With like Brownfield, they are, and mostly this is where modernization will be happening. They're used to their ways of working. They're used to their usually waterfall process. They are used to siloing. They're used to all this stuff and they're used to old uh, technologies as well. And with this modernization thing on the sides, they Well, maybe not at the beginning, but soon they start to realize they need to start adopting to these new ways of working. And that may be um, bringing fear into the table on the product development side as well, which the software modernization team should also manage and should strive to reduce as much as possible. That's in the end is good for the business and it's good for the engineers as well in the long run.
0: So it'd be fair to say that that fear comes in from many different directions. And it, if you're working in software modernization, you're gonna to have to manage manage that as well. Because one, one thing that was touched on as well is, um, yeah, for the actual, the, ma- the main team working on software modernization, um, they're gonna have potentially some fear. What do you think in terms of ways to 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 minimize that? And what I'm thinking here is more along the lines of one one source of fear could be, uh, we lack domain knowledge um, with, within within our team. Because maybe you're completely, maybe you've moved from one part of the company to another, or this is completely fresh team into the company that's solving a particular problem, and they don't, they simply don't have the domain knowledge uh, at that moment
1: in time. I think, from my perspective, first of all, I think it's really important to acknowledge that fear is a good emotion. Fear is an important emotion. If you're at the edge of a precipice, then it's probably good to be afraid. Um, and I think we need to use that fear in in so far as it helps us identify what we might be missing. Okay, so if you're afraid, as an example, uh, as you said there, we don't really understand the domain, then that's an indicator that we need to engage those domain experts. We need to get the business involved. Uh, One of the activities I like to do when we're involved in kind of projects like this is to sit down with all the naysayers and start jotting down everything they say is going to be a problem. Oh, well, we don't have the test coverage. So testing's an issue. Oh, well, we've never touched that software for 10 years you know, software knowledge and and potentially a bit of domain knowledge is, is also an issue. And that gives you a really good strike list of things that need to be addressed. Now, will you probably, will you manage to address all of those things up front? Probably not. And they'll have to be prioritized and some of, it will, some of it will be risks that have to potentially be accepted. And, and there will be that balancing act. But I think it's very important to acknowledge that the fear is, is important. Um, And that one of the ways I prefer to manage it is to be proactive and look into where's that fear coming from? What are the things that potentially we haven't thought about? And and proactively and consciously identify those so that we can manage that risk proactively rather than trying to minify it and potentially find that later on it kind of bites you. Uh, Because this fear does come from somewhere and usually it's experience. Uh,
2: There's this famous book, this heart of change, basically, which um it's it's not particularly about uh, it modernization change but in general transformation and like the first step is create a sense of urgency so i guess it's it relates a bit to the fear aspect but it's not to like instill fear but just enough fear which then should transform into something positive and that's you know a call to action in some way but there should be something um uh, not just maybe like some you know, slides, graphics, and like basic metrics, but something that goes a bit deeper on the emotional level that's... Uh, see, actually, if we won't start modernizing this thing, we may be way behind, you know, our competitors like down the line and you don't need like very flashy graphics, you know, about it in the end, right? Uh, but creating like sense of urgency. Uh, but again, it's like uh, in the end, making it like a call to action rather than a constant fear that you instill in your stakeholders and um, engineers.
1: And that's a really good point, actually. I think that's where the balance comes in, right? Because you've got that call to action or burning platform that is pushing and driving you forward. And that's what will allow you, I think, in many ways to accept risk as well. So if you look at, you know, your spectrum risk, there are things that you absolutely must take care of, but there'll be other items that, you know, potentially are not... Worth investment and overcoming because the risk of essentially not getting out early and and getting your software modernized or in a state that is competitive um, would potentially undermine what we're trying to achieve. You know, whether it be uh, making software that's competitive with with the market or potentially overcoming some severe um, issues with the software that's making it uh, unusable potentially for for clients or customers. so yeah, that's a really good point. It's just like, it's two forces you have to play with.
2: I guess you can show some graphs and again, that's kind of stuff. But again, it's like um, what the author in that book like shows an example, which is a great one, right? So uh, there were a lot of time, like they were trying to um, like create that sense of urgency and like uh, start a transformation. But they were showing a lot of graphs, a lot of like statistics, what the clients are, uh, what the feedback of the clients is. And it just didn't resonate enough. And they decided just to record one of the clients that came into the branch. He decided, okay, um, that's fine. You can record me. And he was, um, like very emotional as how I was was expressing his like uh feedback and stuff. And just this one video made a whole change actually to to make the stakeholders and the business okay. We need to do something about it instead of those graphs and flashy things, you know, that we want to do to present. But something that works like on an emotional level that's quite important. So.
0: And then there's also outside factors as well, uh, that maybe uh maybe you start seeing your competition is uh being able to innovate faster, et cetera. And so you're sort of like, oh, we're playing catch-up. So you sort of have that, you know, um that impetus to be like, well, we need to make some changes. So it, it can come from different angles. Um one thing you touched on as well, um, at the beginning, uh, Matt was the the fact that justification um of your work isn't something you just do at the beginning, but it's a continual thing throughout um the the work because you, you, you're fine justifying it at the beginning and so and you know your stakeholder buys in but you you need to continually justify the work and that keeps i think that keeps them um, teams honest as well are we are we going towards that goal are we going towards that goal oh no this this actually isn't going to take us towards that goal let's let's pivot um so yeah i think it it, it makes sense one thing i was thinking about with you when you said that was i was thinking about opportunities um, created by the team throughout the process where you can you can justify your work to stakeholders and one thing that cropped up was demonstrations sprint demonstrations if you are in sprints or whatever some form of demo however you're working um and, and the importance of demos what, what, what what's your views um both of you on on the importance of demonstrations particularly in software modernization projects
1: i think demos are really key i think they're really key A little bit outside the, you know, it's taking a bit back from modernization. They're key in any iterative process because they're how you build confidence. So if you think about um, a traditional project plan, it gives stakeholders a sense of control because they can see within that plan, you know, this is everything you will do and this is where you are at every stage. And that's what gives them the confidence that you will get to where you need to be. Um, Obviously, within an iterative project, we want to. Um, you know, prioritize work, deliver an uh, increment of work, uh, and then move on to the next iteration. Um, Now, that is, as anyone who's run an Agile project with a traditional PMO knows, it's very hard to get confidence on. And and understandably, because they feel they they can't necessarily see what's going on, right? There's a question mark of, Okay, but what will you be doing in a month's time? I think demo is a key to getting the confidence that a self-organizing team works, right? So that the team are able to work with stakeholders to correctly identify the priorities for uh, an iteration of work and are able to deliver working software that adds value. Um, and that's how you then build that confidence that says, look, let me do it another iteration and another iteration and and keep building that confidence over time. With modernization, that's particularly important um, because there can be a lot of concern that, you know, you, you're not you're not really moving. Uh, one of the tricks, I think, is to change it around a little bit and prove that, look, we've, we've modernized it and the behavior hasn't changed. So you, rather than... Uh, Showcasing change is showcasing lack of change for lack of a better term. Um, so that the you know you've got this maybe newfangled cloud software uh, with the distributed architecture, but the front end still looks the same. You know everything still works the same, and that I think is it's hugely important to build in confidence around you know when you get to the point of releasing your software um, that everyone feels comfortable with what you've done.
2: That's actually a very interesting point. Uh, because like on a Greenfield project, and even Brownfield, is like those stakeholders they say, okay, what's new? What's what's new I, I can I can see? It's so actually here, Like I don't want to see anything changing, like in the end, right? It's in terms of me saying things, I guess, if you show the UIS. That's quite an uh, <laughs> uh interesting thing about soft modernization. Uh so uh, I'm going to talk about maybe like the layers of demos, possibly because there are many like ways you can do it and many places you can be doing it as well. And I think you should be doing it even regardless if it's a modernization project or not. You know, so obviously, like Abdul mentioned, uh, the stakeholder demos, obviously the every sprint, that's what should be, always be happening, ideally. Uh, but also um, on a bit um, within the team, I think what's, what used to work well is like uh, at least once a week or ideally twice a week, have sort of a, like a team catch-up where ideally if we're working in pairs like each pair is presenting like their work to the team so that's two three four times a sprint there's that internal feedback exchange and everyone knows what everyone else is working on and uh gives each other feedback as well and obviously this can be more a technical side it's there's no stakeholder in there so uh, we can be more technical right um on the technical side of things additionally um and i think that's okay so this one is maybe specifically for a modernization project where actually eventually uh, the goal of of your work is to hand over your deliverables to the product development teams and start them adopting those best practices and uh ways of working new uh new technology stack and, and all that stuff and Uh, What I saw works really well is also at least once a sprint have some sort of a technical catch up with the teams or a team uh, who would be uh, the direct um, uh, like receiver and consumer of those deliverables and go in deep in terms of the technical stuff, because usually it will be for developers, maybe some QA people and um, there may be a business analyst as well, but it's good to keep it technical as well. So that first you get feedback about um, like the domain language that you're using. And I guess we're going to get to UDD at some point as well. Um, uh, but also so that this product team is slowly started to get accustomed to the way that you're doing things in a modernized way, which will be usually completely different than the old way. And instead of just handing it over like this huge deliverable at the end to them and you know here it is good luck no actually we are taking you on a journey iterative journey and showing you how this works so that when the handover happens you're at least on a foundational level um um like fine to start working with it right um so right so we have the stakeholder demos we have the uh the internal team kind of demos we have the technical demos with the team who will be consuming your modernization work. And finally, I would go like mile above everything and have this like monthly or at least quarterly updates to like C-level people, like senior architects where you, you do a, a proper executive summary of the modernization work because usually it will be more than one team working on, on various modernization activities. Um, and then you just want to show how the progress goes, what's the roadmap, how the teams work in unison, and how the adoption of the product development team happens of those modernization practices. So that's my few sense about demos.
0: And it, it makes sense as well because that they're doing having it multi-layered as well, because each each audience is potentially going to want something a little bit different. Like you mentioned, those sort of uh, monthly or quarterly updates. That audience is not going to want the level of detail that you're potentially going to do on a sprint demo or the technical um, walkthroughs um, and you're going to sort of be answering different questions. so uh, it makes perfect sense. Um, but as you said, each sort of level is needed because you can of course you can justify uh, the work to um, you know technical individuals within within say the domain um, or you can do it within this sort of maybe initial stakeholders. But if you're not also justifying it to then the people then as you said, sort of maybe a mile above, then, then there's a, there's a danger there to, to, to the project, right? Each layer, they need to see the, the, the value um, of the work. Um, and that, that, in itself is, is a skill, um, on many different levels. one thing I wanted to touch on was, um, was sort of the, the idea that, um, we do demos of course, um, but do you think that there's other other things that are important to uh, sort of create? Because you mentioned before, Mac, about the, the, the potentially you could have this silo situation where maybe it's possible you could work in isolation, but that you mentioned the importance of working with, say, the product teams, et cetera. Um, what do you feel that, that, that can be done to create that that, that synergy? And sort of, because what you're describing was sort of validation, you're validating, are you using the correct domain terms? Uh, validating the approach to some degree as well, because you have people there that maybe say, oh, we're this is what we're working on, the product this quarter. So you can see, does it align with what they're working on? Are there going to be any potential um, treading on toes and that sort of thing? So what sort of techniques do you guys um, suggest um, that can sort of help bridge that gap and, and create that synergy between um between those sort of two functions
1: my general approach is to try and make the modernization team or project team cross-functional simple as that so i think you need at least um a lot of time if not full-time one or two members from the product team i would prefer a technical sme and someone from quality or um product side of it or technical product side of it, someone who understands how it works. And I think there are other activities you can do, obviously like your demo and um, catch ups and things like that, but they often don't have the intimacy of the touch points necessary to really have an impact on, on what you're doing uh, and making sure you're in touch with what's already there. So I think it's really important that um, you have someone assigned to the team who can sit with individuals and talk through you know why something is the way it is, um, and from a quality perspective, a QA they can often look at and tell you a lot about the domain itself, and and how the domain relates to the software as well. Which I think is something we kind of touched on, but I think it's it's an important thing to highlight. You know, you can talk about a domain in very abstract terms and how the business works, but how does that mean? How does that actually translate to the screens? How does that translate to the forms? Right. You often find that anyone who's involved in testing these things regularly are more in tune with the requirements than anyone else in the organization. So for me it's just about you know you might have a core of team individuals that are your modernization team, but seed it with SMEs from the uh, product side of it that can help you understand the context better and build you know relevant safety nets uh, within, within your modernization project.
2: That's a very interesting point. So what can I add on top of that is in terms of siloing, maybe um, let's talk about um, like siloing maybe within the modernization effort itself, right? Because the whole point is to actually promote uh, ways of working that are exact opposite of siloing. But of course, um, like naturally within the modernization effort, there are many teams, also some siloing may happen. Uh, so that that is a disaster, right? Because what they're trying to promote is actually happening within um, uh, kind of their endeavor, right? In the end. So uh, what I saw works really well in the end as uh, the point of modernizing, obviously there are those like core initiatives that are aligned with the stakeholders that those teams need to work on. But like it is expected from each of the teams to like uh, have this innovation seeking mindset and uh, it's fine that uh you could have, uh, so for example, what work um, um like from my experience is to have like a common backlog for entire modernization efforts or all the teams, common backlog for like innovation seeking, across uh development improvement, across test automation improvements, uh, in terms of creating some new pipelines around SRE, some inno- innovative ideas and, uh, whatever whoever comes up with some ideas just put it on that common collaborative board in there so that everyone can see it everyone can contribute and if those items are worked upon they are worked like um like in pairs across the modernization teams so that breaks silos really well and uh, uh promotes knowledge sharing as well and in terms of knowledge sharing, right, so besides of the innovation seeking, there's also the knowledge sharing with the product teams. That's the responsibility of the modernization teams. You have to make sure that this uh, also is a shared collaborative efforts within the modernization uh, uh, endeavor, basically, in the end. So again, you can have a backlog for seminars that, you know, you talk to, some senior engineers to some mentors to architects and you can hear those common problems hot those hot topics I call them basically, I don't know there are some memory leaks problems currently or, or the way that transaction management uh, is done completely different in various areas of the system and um, those topics that maybe that you can spin up a seminar or a bunch of seminars. And just give a backlog of that. So again, that ownership of these is shared between the modernization teams as well. So that's kind of my two cents on siloing. That's um, that's what the modernization teams are preaching about, but also they need to think about their own anti-siloing <laughs> methods as well. So
0: and a lot of the stuff that they're going to share, uh, like for instance, team A uh, maybe have solved uh, one way to do something, and then maybe team B maybe a couple of months later they actually run into the same problem and so because they're constantly sharing they already have one known solution that will that will work there as well so it's just important to sort of share those those tools amongst um everyone so so yeah as well as obviously as you said the product teams as well
2: yeah and I think some it's also regarding uh, as this is about managing fear so this is reducing the fear within the modernization effort as well right? which is important like right? modernization is there to reduce the fear of change with the organization, but also there is initially, especially a lot of fear within the modernization projects. Are we? What are we doing? Is actually makes sense? Are we getting somewhere? And those like success stories and sharing all those, um um you know, moving forward is is important within the modernization effort.
0: Which actually the 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 the, the demos, for instance, can be a great place to also share that as well. They can be one place that's to to share like you know this was um this was a this was a problem or or is a problem and here's a solution as well. I think it's important as well for stakeholders, um, again at different levels, uh, to really see that as well. To see, ah, uh, this is a problem. They have found a solution as well, um, and it's not just here's a problem. Okay, great. <laughs> you want to you want to find those solutions as well. Um, and also, one thing I, I find interesting is I think we sort of somewhat covered it in one of the earlier episodes is is the value you can really deliver in those demos as well. Um, like you can say, oh, here's a problem, but you can say, well. And here's the solution as well. And you, uh, even just the sharing of that solution—I don't mean actually just—I'm I'm ignoring the implementation for. That. I mean, just even just the sharing of the solution in itself can be extremely valuable because then you have shared that with uh, maybe people from their product team, stakeholders, and that knowledge it, it just in that one session has started to spread. Um, and so that's extremely valuable as well. And this is even ignoring some of the findings, like you know, we analyzed it and we found a performance bottleneck here, or, or whatever. You know, this is. Um, those, those other good stuff can come as well. So,
2: so basically, sorry, I'm taking a bit of airtime here, but <laughs> uh, uh, something came to my mind. Actually, it's very important that the modernization teams, they share those success stories, like through those demos and direct work with the product teams. But from what I found is like magnifies exponentially, um, uh, or actually, so, sorry, like, even reduces exponentially the fear within organization are the success stories of product teams adopting those modernization practices and then showing how they succeeded after they adopted them. How those metrics, I don't know, lead time or uh, change failure rates or like architectural uh, quality attributes like performance, scalability, all those things improve thanks to adopting those practices. And it's important for modernization teams to get those product teams, success stories onto those demos because it's a lot better to allow them to show the benefits rather than the modernization uh, teams, which obviously initially that would be the case. But with time, you have more and more of those success stories and they should be the hallmark of your demos in some way. So it's possible.
1: And I think, I think that's a really good point. I and mean, one thing that's cropped to mind is, as you're saying all that is you know especially change projects, but I'd say most projects they have a momentum to them. Um, change projects especially because they're having to overcome the inertia in the organisation. And by doing that sharing, by getting that confidence, uh, by getting that constant feedback, and 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 succeeding essentially in in uh, frequent increments, you can really build and maintain that momentum and momentum in an upwards trajectory, which is absolutely key. Um, I think sometimes some of the mistakes I've seen often is that you know. Teams are afraid to share, you know, they don't want to talk about what they've done and they want to wait until it's perfect. But the momentum slowly dies and people become less enthusiastic about what you're doing. And by the time you present, um, you know, that, that there is can be a lot of uh, resistance to what you're talking about because you haven't warmed them up to it. Essentially, it's all been just dropped to in an instance. Um, so it's a really good point. I think it's, it's important just to keep that project going, making sure you can get it across the line.
2: Yeah, and I think like on top of the like momentum building, it's 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 very important for modernization teams to uh like make sure that um like all this adoption, like after some of the adoption effort, there are some success stories so that the organization does not get like complacent. Okay, like we know how to do those things. It's like we don't you can try to do something else, but actually it's only just a handful of teams maybe that adopted it. There's still you know, entire iceberg like underneath still, 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 still to go. Uh, so that's uh, initial complacency after those initial successes is, is is something to watch out for, because it can um like slow down the momentum because there's still a long way to go, right? So, uh, that's a very important um responsibility of the modernization team to keep the momentum going, and make sure that you know those success stories are not like the end, right? That's just the beginning, let's say, right? So.
0: Yeah, exactly. And they, and as you said, they continue to happen throughout, but it's not, it's not like a terminal thing of great success story, right? All, all done. <laughs> Pack your bags. Uh, but no, I mean, absolutely. Well, one thing I was thinking about, actually, um, just to take this back a little bit to sort of more the beginning, early stages, um, I was thinking, one of the techniques I've seen in the past that work really well is when, say, uh, you have a software modernization team, um, and they're dealing with a product. And there's maybe this fear around this product, but you it, up until this point maybe you've only heard people talk about the product, and maybe they've described it and say, "Oh, it's this big and this blah blah blah," and maybe they create like this uh, this sort of mystique around this this product. Um, Is actually just to start trying to get it set up and running, um, and start some some exploratory. Just go through a few of the user journeys, have a play around with it, see how it works, look at the code um, under the hood. I found that can be one sort of Yeah, I say easy because even set up the product sometimes can be a bit of a mission, but like that can be a a reasonably low cost way to um, start getting used to the thing that you're going to be working with, et cetera, and sort of reduce some of that fear. Um, Because you start looking at, oh, yeah, I see how it works, et cetera, et cetera. Um, You could start joining the dots um, and actually see it rather than it just being something that's talked about um which maybe will happen in the earlier stages is there might be lots of discussion around the product but you may not actually see it and actually start playing around with it um so yeah what do you guys think about that sort of more like explore not about exploratory testing but just sort of exploration and getting it up and running what do you guys think
1: about that one thing um that i think can be really useful i mean depends on on where you are so we've spoken before about sprint zeros um i think sprint zeros are useful when you've got some understanding like there is a You can basically, within two weeks, get a degree of confidence about the system, and you can start really working with it. I think there are instances where something might be so arcane that you don't even know whether it's what you're talking about is even remotely possible. At which point, I think a POC makes a lot of sense, right? Let's take uh, a month or two, and let's do it in the dirtiest way possible. Let's just prove whether it's possible. From a very rudimentary perspective. Um obviously, you has to be very clear up front. this is not productionized. This is just proving that the concept is possible. And I think what that can do is you know obviously, there's always the detail. but if um if you can just prove that the at the very highest level it can work, um, then that gives you the confidence. then when you actually start looking at how would you do this in practice, to be able to do it more practically. I'd always look to time box it, and I'd always want a team mature enough to understand what a POC really should be, exactly how dirty it really needs to be. Um, But then, as you say, it kind of overcomes that, you really then worked with it. And this is especially important in things like um, cloud, things like cloud migrations, where you're completely changing the paradigm, right? You're not just kind of working within the context of its existing uh, ecosystem, probably can completely changing maybe even the technologies that assemble the software um and that can that can have a whole host of problems that just make the whole thing potentially unfeasible um and that's where i think it's really important just poc it let's see let's see if this is even possible before you really commit to a long-term investment and i think that can also give stakeholders as well and technical stakeholders as well more confidence around what you're trying to do because they can see it they can see it's actually been done
0: it kind of relates a little bit back to what we um, had said in a previous discussion around sort of it's all it's all one big experiment, really. Um, and even when you 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 have something more concrete, it's still to a degree an experiment. But yeah, that idea of trying something, time boxing it, it, does it take us? Do we think it's going to take us where to where we want to get to, etc um can help a fear because you can talk about something forever, but actually getting into the into the uh, into the reads and actually, working your way through can be super useful in a way to sort of say, well, actually it's not as bad as we thought. This thing we thought was gonna be really bad. Experiment, not so bad. Fear reduced. And like in terms of like
2: fear, so where is it? So modernization teams comes in and also there's a lot of fear on the, the product development side because they have like no idea how to touch any of this. They didn't want to touch this. And it's like intrinsically part of the modernization team to take that fear onto themselves the beginning especially right so okay we take that on ourselves we do that poc and we try to create something like on top of that legacy system like state of the art but on top of the legacy system and we can show you how to do it and how iteratively eventually there'll be the whole system will be should be state of the art and is that like intrinsic nature of the modernization team that they are taking that fear from the development teams you can you know you can focus on your development for now the other ways of working will show you how to gradually start uh modernizing and in a safe way because also besides of the uh the pure modernized workflows we also show you how to like have a very comprehensive test suite around it and how to get uh, feedback from from some pipelines and devops um uh, uh, like ideas as well uh, so that's something to think about, right? It's like uh, the modernization team, they should, like at any given point in time, they are the ones taking that fear on them and then showing it's not as bad and then reducing that fear to the experience and the deliverables uh, onto the uh, product development teams and the stakeholders eventually as well.
1: There's a good point, especially when you said about the, about the software and what kind of propped to my mind as well was also not trying to take on too much, right? With any the context, there will be, um, you are looking at MVP and it doesn't mean that you have to touch all the software all at once. You know, there are, um, something I'm, I'm not too keen on is sometimes um, people look at modernization or replatforming as this massive big bang project. Like we will have to refactor the whole thing. Um, and I think that is naturally terrifying um, because, it is a very dangerous thing to do. Um, reality is you shouldn't have to touch everything. You can prioritize what you want to touch, what you want to modernize first, what is necessary to modernize immediately and what probably could be done at a later date. And I think in that way, you know, contextualizing it and, and you know, taking it step by step and in, in, in approaching that problem, um, you know little by little, uh, makes it much more consumable, much more easier for everyone, whether it be the developer, whether it be a product scene, whether it be the modernization team, to to kind of get their head around uh, rather than say, okay, we've got to refactor 20,000 classes or something insane.
2: Especially that's when that's, um, in the end, like the modernization effort would be a very tiny effort compared to the product development usually, let's say because we're talking about medium to large size organizations that have established systems, right? So, and that's, um, you know, the modernization teams can do like like only so much. They're maybe like 10, 15% of the resourcing of the product development in the end. Eventually, it's the product development that should be the scalability aspects in terms of the modernization, right? So modernization teams are there to create the blueprints and figure out those POCs and show the way. But eventually, um like the full transformation will not happen without those product teams. So it's very important to incrementally reduce that fear, right? So that they keep adopting more and more of these practices and get more comfortable with because that will eventually bring like like the system to the -the state-of-the-art form where the modernization teams are this initial trigger spark passing over the torch right so
0: it's something you mentioned like around the 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 fact that you have to continually sort of um reduce the fear in the product team and then start adopting these practices because it can't just be the case that the software modernization team take on all that fear and then the, then the other team allow. well, thank God those guys are doing that. You know, it, it has to at some point. <laughs> no, no, even, yeah, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. it has to at some point start transitioning over and then start taking um, portions of it and adopting, as you said, through knowledge sharing, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so then the, 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 it starts to balance out a bit. And it's not so one sided. Software monetization team are solving all these problems and product team are sort of there, like, well, thank God I'm not there, sort of thing. You know, so it's, it's yeah, it, it's a really good point.
1: Well, something I we haven't touched on yet, but I think is is important is, um, modernization, like any good agile project, should have aspects of emergent design, right? So it isn't an activity where, uh, as Mas said, you know the the, the modernization team come completely modernize your system. There's a a real aspect of emergent design based on uh, principles and practices and patterns that are adopted by the team that eventually bring the platform in line with what you want. You know, whether we're talking about strangling from um, just modernizing the software internal to the to the runtime, or whether we're talking about extracting that into maybe something like, you know, serverless um, uh, serverless architecture. The I guess the challenge with that, I mean, from a development perspective, I think it, it makes it more comfortable talking about emergent design and not tying yourself up front to. How this thing will look, essentially in detail, um, but I think it also then presents often a challenge with that like, business stakeholders of saying that it will evolve into something, um, which often means again trying to get that confidence, you know, week by week that we know what we're doing, it still kind of does what it does, um, and you're kind of balancing, I guess, then the interests of of your business users with what your developers need in order to be confident to work with that system.
2: You just add on top of that, it's important that. You know, once the modernization team takes on that that fear and it's like the burden, it's not that it stays forever with them, right? And it's like the product development, okay, we have it all out of our backs. It's like, it's on them. No, it's like, you can think of it as a cross-functional effort, modernization, where modernization teams and product development are this like cross-functional, uh, like big team, you might, might think about it, basically. That's, okay, initially the modernization teams, they take on that burden and fear, but like gradually, like you mentioned, that's, so to turn that gauge more towards like balancing that um yeah because otherwise it just won't happen it just won't happen yeah so uh, just something to keep in mind that um that burden needs to be also like shared at some point as well
0: i think we've covered a lot of ground today to, uh, to be honest um, around around fear and i think there's still there's still some areas we can for sure dig into in more detail uh especially some of the techniques um, which hopefully we'll do in future episodes. Um, but I mean, I just want to sort of go through some of my main my main takeaways from from this discussion, um, which was sort of the 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 continual justification um that needs to be done to to stakeholders. Um, and again, as Max said uh, at the beginning, there's different levels uh, to that as well. um but also yeah, the, the the this this continual attention is not only for justification but also for that sort of, as you said, just to explaining in Mac the fact that we want to start transitioning this more to the product. As well as so they start adopting these practices. So it's that continued attention um within software modernization that sort of makes it a success. Um and if that continued attention isn't done, then that can obviously impact uh, the effectiveness um of that endeavor. So um yeah, those those were the main ones for me uh, from this discussion. Mac and Abdul, I don't know what your main main takeaways were.
1: I guess I, I might be running on a theme here, but I think um yeah, that whole piece around I guess in, everything is incremental, right? Everything's iterative and you know, iteratively giving confidence through your demos at different levels, your technical stakeholders to your business stakeholders, to your other, you know, your development peers. Um, you say distributing that responsibility, managing um, the confidence of those around you and in, in their ability to adopt what you've done. Um, yeah, just going with that, almost building that framework and that allows you to be incremental. I think that's, that's my primary takeaway. It's running on a theme, I think, over the last few weeks, but it seems to be an important one.
2: Yeah, so as a software modernization team, like from the very beginning, be ready to take on a lot of fear on, on your on your shoulders, but that's fine. Uh, you'll figure out the ways to um, mitigate that through your work, through deliverables, uh, the way you figure out working the legacy codes. And then do not forget uh, to share your findings with the product teams. And then they helping you out in the scalable aspect of bringing those modernizations to life. and completely destroying the fear in
0: the end well you both said I uh, sort of in my head i sort of, was sort of marrying them up and it's sort of yeah it's like the be prepared to, to take that uh fear on your shoulders but then incrementally chip away at that fear and also find ways to chip away at the fear that maybe the product team or others have as well or stakeholders so you're incrementally chipping away at that fear so people's fear goes down and not not up <laughs> as, as as time uh, goes on but yeah that's a super interesting discussion and uh, there's there's many more to come for for sure um but for, for everyone watching um feel free to to comment um uh, and give us your feedback thank you uh, to nikita who did the reaction video and the twitter thread as well that was awesome i enjoyed watching and, uh, and reading that so um yeah feel free to reach out to us but until next time uh it's goodbye and uh yeah enjoy